morning again, everybody. I hope you all have had a wonderful New Year's by the time you're 2021. Um, so I thought we would talk about resolutions and kind of look at the last year um, as different and weird and hard as it may have been and reflect on it and then move forward to 2021. Um, I don't know about you, but 2020 has looked a lot different for most of us. Um, still in the midst of this pandemic, the loss of loved ones, elections, riots, murder hornets, it has been just a really tough and different year uh, for most of us. So as we begin this new year, some of us have already made New Year's resolutions, things we want to accomplish in the year 2020, so I thought it would be fun to share some New Year's resolution facts with you. So the top 10 resolutions people made in 2020 are, number one was to exercise more, number two was to lose weight, number three was to get organized, number four was to learn a new skill or hobby, number five was to live life to the fullest, number six was to save more money or spend less money, Number seven was to quit smoking. Number eight was to spend time with family and friends. Number nine was to travel more. And number 10 was to read more. Now, that's a pretty standard list of resolutions people have. And I'd be very curious to see what 2020 uh, resolutions held, because it's probably going to look a lot different than that list did. Um, and there was an article of the New York Post that over 50% of people give up on their resolutions by January 12th. That's more than half of people that have set goals, and this was a survey of like 31 million people. Over half of those people gave up not even two weeks into the new year. 80% of those people uh, gave up before February, so gave them two months, but 80% of people did not follow through with their resolutions um, before February. And last statistic I want to give you is just 8% of all people keep their resolutions that they made at the beginning of the year. Now, for me, that's a little disheartening to go into this new year and make these resolutions and um, know that only maybe an 8% chance of people are keeping their resolutions. Uh, most of us would stay far away from anything with an 8% success rate. For me, I make a, a list on a Google Doc every year, and I put a little paragraph of just me talking to myself pretty much um, about what the last year held and what my hopes are for the new year. And honestly, there has not been one time in the last several years I've done this that I've accomplished everything on that list. Not, not one year did I set out every single goal and accomplish those things. And I don't know if that says anything about me, but the reality is most of us do not meet our resolutions. And for me, I've realized that it's not the destination to get there, but it's the progress that happens in between. Uh, that's really measurable, and uh, that's where you see growth. So one of mine for this last year was to read 12 books in 2020, one per month. Um, although I did not accomplish that goal, I was closer to that goal than I was the year before. Yeah, I didn't reach the destination, the goal of hitting 12 books, read completely. Um, but I got closer, and I read more than the previous year. 
Another one was that I wanted to be debt-free in 2020. Well, 2020 for a lot of us has held a lot of financial things that have happened. And although we're not completely debt-free, me and my wife and my family, we've taken the steps to pay things off. We have been conscious about our decisions, and we've made more progress this last year than we did in previous years. And so although we did not reach that destination, that goal of being debt-free or reading 12 books, um, the progress in between in the valleys um, is still notable. Not to get all corny, but it's not the destination we get to, it's the journey of how we accomplish things. So today I want to dive into um, what some of my resolutions are for us as a church and the leadership here as well. And see what scripture has to say about that as we all launch into 2021. Uh, but first, if you guys will pray with me this morning. God, thank you. Thank you for technology. Thank you for the opportunity we have to um, still give a sermon, either even though we can't meet all together, just for the safety of everybody, and that we can get that um, into most people's hands uh, almost effortlessly. God, thank you for the people behind the scenes that are working to make these things work. Um, God, I just thank you uh, for bringing us to 2021. And Lord, as we look back on this last year, uh, it was very difficult and hard for a lot of us. But Lord, we pray that your blessings on this next year for us um, as we dive into whatever you have for us. this uh, Lord, be with us. Give us the strength and courage to reach this community, um, this world for you. Uh, Lord, help us and equip us with the knowledge and the power to uh, spread your name everywhere we go, whether it's at school, whether it's at work, whether it's at the gas station. No matter where we are, help us to be beacons uh, for you. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you so much for all the blessings you've given us, most of all, your son dying on the cross for us. In your precious and holy name we pray. Um. One of the resolutions, things we have talked about, and kind of to pursue a theme for 2021, is the idea that we are called to multiply the kingdom of God, not just add to it. Um, I heard this analogy years ago, and it it raises the question, would you rather me hand you a million dollars right now, or me double a penny for the next 30 days and give that to you? Now, most of us, myself included, right, when I hear this, I'm like, okay, give me the million dollars right now. That's perfect. Um, and as we look at that, a million dollars can go a long way. Uh, it can pay for food banks and um, cover expenses in churches, not just here, but all over the place. That million dollars can be used for a lot of good. But if we doubled a penny for 30 days, at the end, we would end up with $5,368,709.12. Now, my wife didn't believe me that that was actually the total, and she, was, she came here and met me for lunch, and we got our calculators out and um, entered it all in, and it, it, the math checks, so I encourage you to check me on that as well. But Adding that million dollars to anything, to our lives, to our church's lives, to any ministry would be a huge blessing. I think we all can agree on that. But we would miss out on over four million more dollars or chances or whatever you're measuring. And that same impact of adding and multiplying, it has the same effect on the church as well. 
Um, when we add, it's fine. It adds to it, and it's great. But when we multiply, it's not just about East Union. It's about the kingdom of God as a whole. And so what we're doing here can be spread throughout um, Atlanta, Indiana, Arcadia, Cicero, but beyond that to Indiana and the rest of the U.S. and the rest of this world that we live in. So today, if you will and have your Bibles, we're going to dive into Scripture to see um, how Jesus expressed this import, uh, importance of multiplying to his disciples. So we're going to start in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19 and 20. And for those of you at home that keep track of this sort of thing, yes, this is a passage from the first sermon I preached here, but that's allowed. So, so verse 19, it says, And he, Jesus, said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. So the first time I talked about this, it was the urgency that the disciples felt to drop everything and choose to follow Jesus. But I want to focus on the part that says, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. Now, I think we've all heard the, the saying or the old proverb that if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. But if you teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. And I don't know if that proverb stems from this verse or not, but the same is true for our lives. If we teach someone to fish for people, we give them the opportunity, the resources, the encouragement, the love a church should offer for them to go out and spread that news to other people. Well, that's going to multiply things instead of just add. If we give a man a fish, we can have all the programs here. We can do Sunday morning church, youth group, kids church, Bible study, small group, you name it. But if we're not, if we're just feeding people, well, that's only part of it. The other part of it is we need to teach people, we need to train people to go out and um, live their lives for Jesus and be an example for those that are at work or are at school or at the gas station, wherever we go to proclaim uh, the name of Jesus. And like Mark talked about last week or the week before, we as Christians, we were meant to thrive. We weren't just meant to survive. When we multiply our reach in the kingdom of God, it's thriving. We're growing. We're going. We're doing more. More people are meeting Jesus. When we're surviving, we're, we're meeting here or online on Sunday mornings, and we're just going through the motions. Jesus never meant us to go through the motions. He meant for us to act and to go. Next, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 28. Verse 19 through 20, this is part of Jesus' great commission um, to the people and just sending them out on mission. So verse 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all I have commanded of you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I find it interesting that Jesus tells these disciples and these people to make more disciples and not make more followers. I think we get in the, the habit of just finding more people that will follow Jesus, but we need to call people to be disciples. Because if we call people to be followers, well, that's where it ends. It ends with them following Jesus. But there's so much more to this life we've been called to than just sitting in the pew and watching ministry happen it's we need to get out of our seats get out of our homes wherever we're at 
and spread the name of Jesus wherever we are. And yes, that, um, that takes a lot of courage and faith and um, learning and training and reading through the Bible and being knowledgeable about these sort of things. Because if we don't do that, if we don't take those steps, then what are we teaching people about Jesus? And so next I want to look through the book of Acts, because as we look through the book of Acts, we're going to see this played out so much um, as Jesus left the disciples with this mission to go and to baptize and to teach these people. And so we're going to start in Acts chapter 2, verse 41 through 42. It says, So then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day they were added about 3,000 souls. Now I want to stop right there first. You notice that word added. That's true. People are added to the kingdom of God all the time. That's part of it, right? Um, People need to be added to that. But it doesn't stop at verse 41. We don't stop there once people are added. It isn't just the you say the prayer and you have accepted Jesus and grace covers everything else. No, that's that's where the mission starts. So verse 42, it says, They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, it's easy for us to, yeah, read verse 41. Oh, 3,000, that's a huge number. That's awesome. Just like it's easy for us to see that million and mean like, yeah, that's a lot of money or opportunities or whatever you're measuring. But when we think about multiplying versus adding, that 3,000 is great. But that 3,000 turning into 3,000 more, turning into 3,000 more and thousands and millions of other people um, meeting Jesus. And that wouldn't have happened if these disciples thousands of years ago didn't decide that it was Jesus was calling them to action, not just to believe. And thousands of years ago, they dedicated themselves not only to teaching the word, which is important, it's why we have church and we're here and we do Bible studies and all sorts of things, but they were teaching others to do the same. Now turn with me to Acts chapter 6, verse 7, as we read another example of how this, um, this early church just was multiplying. It says, The word of God kept spreading, and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem, and great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Now, I could spend all day on the book of Acts and how they have started from this ragtag group of disciples and have just grown exponentially to be what the church is today, because we would not have the church in the U.S. today if it wasn't for these disciples way, way long ago that took on the challenge, that took on the mission that Jesus gave to them to go and to make disciples of all nations, um, not just where they were at. Um, And there's so much more in Acts, though. That's where we meet Paul and see his missionary journeys, where he goes to where the gospel was not spread, um, and see some awesome progress and multiplication um, in that book, and this next year we're gonna we're gonna dive deep into that, um, not only in Acts but in First uh, and Second Timothy and Peter and um, all these other books of the Bible that focus on these people who give us practical ways to not just sit in our pew and hear the message, but to go out and to reach other people. 
when I was in college, I took a class uh, called Acts of the Apostles. We had to take two classes off the New Testament and two off the Old Testament. And this fit with my schedule, and it fit with the right professor, and so I took it. Um, at first, I was not excited about it at all. I just saw it as another class and had to get through it to get my degree. But as we kept going through, I just found it was so fascinating, the history that connects with all of this and just the, the how much it grew the church in the early stages and the key players of that and just how it all tied together in this just beautiful story of Jesus's ministry just taken off the ground running. And we all noticed in the syllabus that we covered about a chapter a week and that last week it said for Acts chapter 29 uh, is what we were going to cover. Now we all found that really confusing because if you're turning in your Bibles trying to find Acts chapter 29 at home, it doesn't exist. Uh, Acts stops at chapter 28. So we all found it really weird that he would put in the syllabus Acts 29, and we all planned we were just going to go and make a big deal of it and everything like that. And so I remember that class, we showed up, and someone raised their hand. It's like, uh, sir, there is no Acts chapter 29. It stops at 28. And I will never forget what he said. Um, he said, yeah, there's no written Acts chapter 29, because you all are living it right now. And the room fell silent. No one was planning on making fun of him any longer. Um, and he, he took that class and told us that what we're doing right now is Acts chapter 29. The church grew and became greater and spread to um, nations and people that did not know Jesus. And we are the result of that. We are living that out right now. And our job is not done now. The same uh, faith that was instilled in us by whoever it was, a parent, maybe a pastor, uh, maybe a friend brought us to church, whoever it was, um, is the same mission that we have today to spread the name of Jesus wherever we go. And if we just add to that number, that number will stop. But as we see in Acts, we see it multiply, and we see it grow, and we see it flourish. And that's our same challenge today. We are still living out um, this book written thousands of years ago. We are still living out Acts chapter 29. It does not stop at Acts chapter 28. And as we've seen, the church has grown. Uh, we live in a country that has tons of churches in every town. Um, but we got in the habit of adding, adding numbers to the pews, adding uh, people to our lessons, adding kids to our programs, but we need to get past that and think what God can do through us, not in this building, not through the programs we offer here, but outside of these walls to the people that really need to hear it and the people that really need Jesus. Um, because we have the ability to live out Acts chapter 29. We can, we can do, do it by adding, fill in these pews and having people hear the message and go home and live a comfortable life. We can do it by subtracting and completely turning them off to the idea of Christianity and Jesus and all of that, um, which is heartbreaking, but I've seen it done. Or we can choose to multiply the kingdom like Jesus called us to do. As we think about 2021, I want us to be a church and a body of believers that multiplies ourselves and our people. Whether it be kids, teens, grandparents, parents, and everything in between, we are all called to multiply. We are all called to action. 
Jesus never said once that we are called to stand still. And like I said earlier with my resolutions, for me, it's measuring the progress. Now, I'm not going to stand here and be like, we're going to be a church of 500 people by the end of 2021, or you got to throw me in a dunk tank, or whatever it is. But multiplying the church is the goal, is the destination. But I am so excited to walk through this next year with you all and see the progress and see people growing and someone inviting their friend to a Bible study or a youth group or a kids' church or whatever it may be and see that growth and change happen in the next year. And I'm so excited to see as we reevaluate 2021 where we started and where we got to. Because um, God has big things in store for all of us in 2021, not just for us as a church, but for us as a body of believers. And that starts with us being willing to follow what his plan is for us. So I, that's a lot. I get that. But And where do we start? Mark touched earlier about this Bible in a Year book. And if you need one or would like one, we have some available for you. Just contact us here at the office and we'll make sure you get one. And I got mine in November, so I, I did not read January through October. Um, but I am excited to dive into this and, and read through the Bible as a church family. And here's the challenge I want to give to all of you. I've, I've told you this is one of my resolutions this year. I want to read through this. I want you all to keep me accountable. If you see me at church or wherever, um, ask me how I'm doing. And I'm going to be honest with you. And so sometimes I will say, well, I didn't read every day last week. Um, and what we need to do is not do the, oh, tisk 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 on you. The Lord isn't happy. Um, no judgment. Let's go through this together. Um, for me, reading is not as easy as it is for some people. Obviously, with my resolution to read 12 books, I couldn't even make that happen. Um, but join me. Let's read through the Bible together because that's where this growth starts, by learning what God has to teach us. In it. Um, another, another thing to do is uh, get plugged in. Uh, through Bible studies or small groups, we would love to start. Um, when we start youth group and kids' church and we're able to all meet in the same building and not have to wear masks or distance ourselves or anything, uh, get plugged in. Jesus never meant for us to do this alone. That's why he had 12 disciples with him on this journey. Jesus meant for us to be in community. And whether we are virtual in 2022 or beyond or whatever it may be, um, <clears throat> connect with people. Well, we have been given the gift of technology. Uh, if this happened 30 years ago, this would be very difficult to put church out and get that to everybody. But we have an ability to access the internet and be able to talk to each other almost instantly from anyone around the world. So form a group, form a text chat, form whatever we need to if we are still in the midst of this pandemic and distancing and connect with one another. Like I said before, Jesus didn't do it. He didn't mean for us to. First uh, Peter 4.10 says, As each one has received a special gift, employ, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. One way you can get plugged in is jumping into serving. Whether it's jumping in here at East Union or a food pantry around you or wherever you see a need and where your gifts and talents are, jump in. Um, 
we, we have been forming a great tech team for uh, people that are like-minded who want to see us do this online virtual thing really well. And it's people that have those gifts and talents and abilities to learn all these things and help those of us that aren't so tech-savvy as they may want to be. Um, but we have a team of people that are using those gifts and talents to reach people for Jesus. Yes, it may be a behind-the-scenes thing, um, but man, they're doing just an awesome job. Um, if you have musical gifts and abilities and talents, well, yeah, obviously there's a place for you to use those here as well. Um, so to use your musical abilities to sing, to uh, use that talent for either church or beyond that, to reach people that you might not reach in your circles. I am um, quickly learning that this church is filled to the brim with people who are super talented at something and are just willing and excited to jump in and serve. And I am excited to see where 21 takes us with all of you leading the charge. Um, this can't just be me and Mark, or this can't just be us and the elders, the deacons and the leaders of this church, because that's the addition. We add to the pastors, we add to the elders, and then it stops there. Our job as leaders in this church is to instill all of you um, the same thing that was instilled in you to even for you to become a Christian in the first place. Uh, you would not have heard the word if someone didn't tell it to you, whether it's a pastor and you heard it from the pulpit, or in many instances, it's family. You were raised into it, and it's something you uh, took on for yourself as well. Whether it's a friend that invited you to church, um, wherever you went to church or a program or something, or whether it's someone that shared a video with you, someone took that step to reach you um, so you could experience the kingdom of God. And now it's our turn. Um, if you haven't made that decision, if you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus, well, we would love to talk to you more about that. We would love to get you connected. Um, if you are not in our Indiana area, we would love to get you connected with a church or with other people that are like-minded and can help you learn and grow in this as well. Um, and so my prayer for all of us in this church, as we look at this idea of multiplying um, as opposed to adding, that um, you would pray. Pray that God would use you in the way he needs to. Uh, pray that you and your family will glorify God uh, just through this next year um, as we all learn and grow and read together. I am so excited for what 2021 holds. As hard as a year as 2020 is, um, I am so excited for what God has in store for all of us. And so... Um, we're going to have a time of invitation, and I invite you um, on Facebook or wherever, if you can get a hold of us, to make the commitment to do something, whether it's to make resolutions for the next year, or it's to join us for this Bible in a Year plan, or maybe you need to, to pray more. Maybe you need to develop that habit for you. Whatever it is, we want to hear it. Again, not so we can judge you and say, well, you didn't hit this week. But we want to come alongside of you, and we want to encourage and love you through the struggle that it may be. So um, I'm going to invite Mark back up.
and Charlene, and we're going to go into a song. And so during this time, take some time and think and pray on what 2021 has in store for you. And um, we would love to hear it. So write it in the comments or let us know somehow uh, through social media.